I'm sure you guys are wondering what in the world is going up here. But you'll know in a little bit. For those of you that are joining us online, for those of you that are in the sanctuary, I'd like to welcome you this morning. My name is Pastor Kathy Miller. I have the wonderful opportunity to lead this wonderful church. So thankful, so thankful. The Gate Church is now going into its 10th year. Significant. We need to have a party. You know, I was thinking as I was praying, and the, the message that I'm going to bring to you today is, is a significant word, I feel like, but God had given it to me prior to today. And so some of you might think, well, she's just saying that because of the significance of today. I just want to get that on out there. God gave me this word before, today. But this is a day that I stood on this platform one year ago. And I announced the death of my husband, that he had gone on to see the Lord, his maker. And that very same day, a year ago, I sang the song of the Lord and gave him all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. And nothing's changed from that day, one year ago, to this day. We still will give God all the praise and the glory and the honor for the things that he has done and the faithfulness that he has shown. Yes, we've lost the bishop. We lost the co-founder of the Gate Church. But God is doing something in our midst that we can't even sometimes get a grasp on what he's doing and what he's maneuvering and what he's lining up. But I do know one thing. I will worship the Lord with everything within me. And God spoke to me the beginning of this year, pray, worship, and declare. And this morning, I just want to start. I can't ever start. You know, if you've been here for a while and when I have the opportunity to speak with, I have a, we have a wonderful preaching team that preaches when I'm not here or when I'm, I am here. But I love the fact that we have a preaching team. You know, not all churches have that. But Bishop Miller, he wanted that. That's what this house has been, their teeth have been cut on that. So if it's odd for you, if you come next week and somebody else is speaking, that's not odd for us because that's exactly what we want to happen. But I can't myself start speaking this morning unless I sing a song. Because there's something about singing in his presence especially today you know there's the enemy tried to steal my song this past year but I got it back 
online God is with you he's not forsaken you for those of you that are believing God for healing and can't be in church this morning we're praying for you two people from our church lost passed away this past week we need to pray for those families so many people are going through so many things
Rejoice in it because this is your day. There is none like you. There's none this morning. There is none like you. Hallelujah. There is none like you. I could stay here all day. I could stay here all day. Because I am a living testimony of the goodness of God. So when I say there is none like him, there is none like him. There is none this morning. Father, we love you. What is that song, Ashley? Father, we love you. We worship and adore you.
you, Jesus. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, musicians. We didn't practice any of that. You could probably tell. But God is in the house. I feel his presence this morning. I'm not sure how far I'll get or however many notes I'll even look at. Or if you even will come out right. I just know I'm supposed to get somewhere. And you know, when you, you know, I lived with a, the best sermon person in the world. And he was my personal secretary when it came to this kind of stuff. He was my personal commentary my personal everything and he would sit down with his computer and he'd say well tell me what's on your mind what do you feel like God is saying to you he'd sit and for those that you knew him he loved to sit in his recliner and he'd have a pillow on top with his computer and he'd say to me okay what do you feel like God is saying to you and so I began to talk and he began to type I'd talk a little more, and he goes, well, I would feel like this verse would go really good right here. I'd say, well, whose sermon is this, mine or yours, and you better not be stealing anything. He did steal a couple things before. I told him, I said, I only have 10. Don't steal all 10. You get revelation every day. And so he would be my, so he's not here, so everything is like this. And that's just the way it's going to be. I want to be fancy like Pastor Jay and the rest of them with their little eye, whatever they've got, their technology. But I'm afraid I'll get in the middle of it and forget my password. So maybe none of y'all are like that. But uh, I'm like, what password did I put on this device? Did I put an extra zero? Because I'm afraid I'll get into the middle of that. <laughs> Anybody else feel me? To, okay. I don't know. I know. I'm not techie, and I don't, you can, I just tell myself and my, the staff, I can't be good at everything. So, but I want to welcome you today to the Gate Church. Like I said, I'm Pastor Kathy Miller, and I'm, I hope that next week you'll come to our family day and see the kids sing. There's nothing like the kids singing, but I will not be here. I'm going to tell you up front, and it's not because of anything, except I'm flying to London. And um, I get to see my family. <laughs> and uh, okay, get it together, Kathy. <laughs> I'm going to take a drink. Um, first of all, you know, when you go overseas, you have to quarantine. So I have to go a little early to do that. And so. I have to go over there and I have to, you know, all the things you have to do when you get there. But Pastor Amanda will be officially being put in as a, a, a pa the pastor of the church. And so I have the opportunity to go over there and be with her. And because of COVID and because of a, a lot of things going on and people not being able to get across the pond, um, not everybody that we would love to come, you know, could come the way that we wanted it to. So I can't wait to go over there to be with her and to be with my grandchildren and to see where they live. That would be helpful. I don't even have their address. And so my flight actually has been canceled twice in two weeks. 
So I'm believing God that this time I'm going to get on the flight on Friday. And so I'll be gone a couple weeks, and it's just because I'm over there. So if you follow me on social media of any sort, I'll bring you along on my journey. But I'm going to be, like, in the air for quite a long time because I have to fly. Because of everything going on, I have to fly to uh, the Netherlands. And then I, yeah. And then I fly into England from there. So, anyway. So, I thought I'd give you a little update. What's happening? My daughter, if you were new here and you haven't been, we sent her out last year to uh, pastor a church in England. And she lives in Coventry. And her and her family moved over there last April. And um, they've been home a couple times, but I have not been able to go over there. So I'm excited about Tally. Uh, was, that's my third grandchild. She was crying the other night because she was happy I was coming. And so get it together, Kathy. So obviously I've been buying pickled potato chips and all the things that she wants. I don't know how I'm going to get pickled potato chips over there, but I got them in my garage ready to pack. So anyway, I thought I'd give you an update, but I'm excited about what God wants to say today. Father, we thank you for today. This is truly the day that you've made. And we give you all the praise and glory. And Father, I just pray that you have your way. You have what your way in our, the hearts of the people. You have your way in, in everything that we do and say. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. And i got to get on the stick. It's, you're gonna, we're going to go a little late today, so just relax. i got these stones up here, and we're going to talk about them, but I'm going to try to get there. Um, you know, Christmas Eve, we had a beautiful Christmas Eve service, and I wasn't going to tell this story, but I'm going to. Uh, Sailor and... Uh, um, Sailor and... Let me look at my notes. Sarah. That is my grandchild. Um, we're sitting with me on the front row. And so we, you guys were worshiping the Lord and candlelight was going on and stuff was happening. And they're sitting one on the other. They said, Grandma, can we look on your phone to see the Santa tracker? <laughs> and I said, what, well, we're in service. They like, we got to know where Santa's at. And I said, okay. So I sat down. They both hovered over me, and I pulled up my Santa. Now, I'm sure if you're a real grandma, you have a Santa tracker on your phone. Come on now. You better get one because if you have little ones coming up, they want to know where Santa is. Now, if you have a problem with Santa, just forgive me. But anyway, uh, so I pulled, I pulled up, and the Santa was in Belgium. And so I sat down. I said, he's in Belgium right now. Okay, okay, okay. So we stood back up trying to worship the Lord, and they sat me back down and said, Grandma, where's Santa now? And I was like, okay. I sat back down. I said, Santa is in Uganda. And Grandma has been to Uganda, and I'm trying to tell. They don't care. I was like, Grandma's been there. And their next question was, is he, is he doing all the things that he said he was going to do? Is he visiting all the families? Is he leaving the children gifts? And I said, Yes, he's going to do everything because he's Santa. And they were like, okay, good. Well, when do you think he's going to get here? And, of course, it came on my Santa tracker like 24, I don't know how many hours, until he landed in Oklahoma. I said, 13 hours. But I wondered to myself that day, what if we, 
were that curious about what God was doing in the earth today. I wonder if we would just be a little bit more curious about what God is doing in Belgium or what God is doing in Uganda or what God is doing in Oklahoma City or what God is doing at the Gate Church. That we'd be a little bit more curious like the, like the faith of a child. They really believed me that he was in Uganda. And I'm, I'm like, we're having service and I'm lying. You know, but I'm, I said, I sat down and I thought about it later. I thought, wow, what if we would be that much about Jesus? If we really, really were excited about when we got into church, that his presence was going to be here, that his healing power was going to be here, that he was going to show up in our behalf, that he was going to leave good gifts. What if we were just a little bit more curious. Hallelujah. I don't know. I just thought I'd tell you that. But this morning we've been in a series of the re, the renewal, refresh, revive. Pastor Jay's done an excellent job of speaking about the re's and the renewal. And, and I enjoyed it so much as I watched online last week because I was home. And I, but I wanted to add something to that. I guess I can do that. They don't even know I did this, but I added something to it. And the re that I've added is remember. Remembrance, the stones of remembrance, which means the ability, remembrance means the ability to remember. Tell your neighbor this morning, it's all about the stones. It's all about the stones. As you can see, there's stones everywhere up here. Because this morning we're going to talk about the stones. So if you'll turn to Joshua 4, 6 through 11. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean? Verse 7. Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. As the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded. And they took up 12 stones from the midst of Jordan. As the Lord spoke to Joshua according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel. And carried them over with them to the place they lodged. And laid them down there. Verse 9. Then Joshua set 12 stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the ark of the covenant stood. And they are there until this day. Those stones are still there. Verse 10. So the priest who bore the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan. Midst, in the middle, in the middle of Jordan, until everything was finished. And the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people, according to all Moses had commanded Joshua. And the people hurried and crossed over. Another version says hasted, but they hurried and crossed over. And then it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over, 
The ark of the Lord and the priest crossed over in the presence of the people, which means all the people were watching to what was happening. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your word this morning. And the thing I want to bring up the most of all is it shall be a memorial to your children forever. And each generation, what do these stones mean? For those of you that have been coming to church here for a little bit, you know I spoke recently on the stories. That our stories are so powerful. Those stones are a story. I'm going to give you a little history here real quick before we get to my stones because you got to know what's going on with these stones up here. Pastor Cole, he did a lot of work getting those stones for me, and I'm going to take them home put them in my garden. But to give you a little history where we are right now, Moses was 80 years old. And he, they, you know, they were going into the prompt. They were believing God to get into the promised land. Now, listen to me. I'm going to tell some of you out there. Moses started his ministry, really, at 80. So if you're in the 60s and you're really ready to see your recliner, God's saying, now. Nah. Let me just say something to you. This is a different day and a different generation than we've ever seen before. And those in the past that have sat down and just waited for the younger generation to do everything, that time is over, and it will not happen in this church. Because I believe if you're 80 or 8, God wants this to be a generational church. He wants this a church that if you're 8 years old, you can prophesy. And if you're 80 years old, you can prophesy. If you're 8 years old, you can pray. And if you're 80 years old, you can pray. You have something to give. I'm going to keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it. Because I believe we're in a generational church. But the children of Israel have been wondering for 40 years. They've been wondering and wondering and wondering, and it's been a long journey. It's been a 40 years of a continual transition. It's been a, for those of you that maybe don't know the story of Moses, they've been 40 years in the wilderness. I can't even imagine. No home, no place you can really call home, no kitchen, even though I wouldn't care if there wasn't a kitchen. But those ladies, they liked a kitchen. But 40 years, their faith had been tested. Their habits had been corrected. They're trained for transition. 40 years of stories. 40 years of no home, no address. They had to go place to place and journey to journey. 40 years of transition. Some of us can't make four months of transition. Four days of transition. When God says for us to do something... We can't do it sometimes because we get a little uncomfortable. I can just imagine, I, I, this is just me, when I was meditating last night on what I was going to say, can you imagine like you don't have a home so you're sitting out under the stars. You're the Israelites and the whole time you know you're going to get to the promised land. This has been something that's been prophesied for a long time. So you're sitting out under the stars because you know with great celebration it's going to happen. That you're going to get to there where you're going to get where you're going and they're probably polishing their tambourines. Well, that's what I would be doing. Polishing my tambourines, going over my dances. Because the Israelites were full of music. 
They were full of dancing with great celebration. Even if you go over there today, you will see great celebration. They bring out the banners. They bring out the everything. And I love it. It's something about it. But can you imagine how they sat under the stars and they imagined themselves in the land of milk and honey. They imagined themselves being eating the grapes that they, they could hardly carry. They imagined themselves being, being free once again. They imagined themselves having a home once again, an address once again, just to be normal again. I don't know how many of you, but I've said that in the last two years. What does normal even look like anymore? They just wanted normal. They wanted the chaos to be over. They wanted normal. They found themselves so close to the promise that had been promised. So close. The land that they had heard about, they were just about to be there. They'd been polishing their tambourines, getting ready for a great celebration. They could see it. They were right on the verge for it, with it. They were, they were practicing their great celebration, I'm sure. The long journey of the wilderness was just about to be over. And like my husband used to say, the bishop, he said this all the time. God and Moses went on a walk. And only God came back. Moses was gone. The Bible says Moses died. The deliverer that they thought would deliver them was gone. The heart of hope that they had to be able to walk into the promised land turned to weeping. The people were crying and weeping. They were so close. And Moses was gone. What were they supposed to do? So we've talked about the man. They're walking through mourning. They, they lost something on the magnitude of Moses that was unthinkable. Moses was this man. He was the kind of man that he talked to God face to face. Other people got visions and dreams, but Moses talked to God. He received the Ten Commandments. He looked into heaven and fire fell. He clapped his hands and manna fell. He gave direction at the Red Sea and the Red Sea opened. He was to be their deliverer, this man Moses, and he was gone. What now? The dancing had turned to mourning. Because when you start mourning, you feel like you've lost your purpose. You feel like you've lost your mission. You feel like you've lost exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Because you had it all planned out. You were sitting under the stars polishing your tambourine. Because there's always a mission and a purpose. See, they thought when Moses stopped talking that God was going to stop talking. You can't stop what God wants to do. No matter what happens. 
So in their mourning, God was still working. I want to tell you a short story before I keep going. About three months ago, I was talking to some people in this church. They were new people. And I'm so thankful for our new people. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of the Gate Church. We want to get to know you even more. But I was talking to a few people and they said, we're so thankful we're a part of the Gate Church and we have a Gate Church family. And I said, that's awesome. They said, we, I said, they said to me, I wish I would have known your husband. Because he sounds like a wonderful guy and a wonderful man of God. And it pierced me. And I was thankful on one side with great celebration. And on the other, I was mourning. But as I got into my truck that day, I repented to the Father. I said to the Lord, please forgive me, Lord, for ever thinking that through death you would stop moving. Please forgive me, Lord, to think in my finite mind of mourning my own husband that I would think you would not continually work in the gate church and in this city. Forgive me, Lord, that I don't know, that I think that you're still not drawing people to you. That day I had a perspective change. That God was doing something bigger than what eyes could see and what ears could hear. He was doing something far larger than what I could even see. Because God brings up people together and he sits them in a place that they will grow and be discipled and be able to know God into a greater measure than they've ever known before. He sits people in a place. <clears throat> and God, in Joshua 1.5, God turned his head in one moment from Moses to Joshua. In one moment, there wasn't a period, there was just a comma. I was with Moses and I will be with you. In one swoop. It didn't take God off guard. It didn't change the perspective. It didn't change the mission. It didn't change the purpose of what God had called them to. In one moment, God turned his head. I'll be with you just like I was with Moses. So Joshua, Joshua, you be strong and have good courage. Can you imagine Joshua at the moment following a, a man that could clap his hands and manna fell? Joshua had to re-understand his role. He had to reevaluate what God was calling him to do. The transition turned into be a moment in time that God was calling the Israelites to. Every one of them were stepping into a new place, a new role, a new thing, something they had never seen before. 
Joshua. Then we move forward and Joshua finds himself at the Jordan River. Now he had, we had seen the Dead Sea, the Red Sea, it's all the miracles of Moses. But here's Joshua. I was with you. I was with Moses and I'll be with you. Can you imagine him looking at the Jordan River? Now listen, the Jordan River, I've been to the Jordan River. I've been baptized in the Jordan River. It is cold. I'm not going to tell you that. It's cold. But in normal times, you should be able to walk through it because it's like a stream. But when it's flood stage, there's no direct lines of where it is. You don't know. I don't know about you, but I've been to lakes before and to the beach before. And you start walking in and you don't know sometimes if you're going to hit a something down. So here's Joshua. It's flood stage. You can't tell the edges over the flooded banks. You see, it was the wrong season for them to be crossing over. Isn't that like God, though? He puts you in a wrong season sometimes because he wants to show himself strong in your behalf. He wants to show himself strong. I feel like the gay church has kind of walked through that this year. We had no idea that on January 18th, January 19th was coming. But God knew in one swift moment what was about to happen on this day of 2022. In one swift moment. Can you imagine how jo Joshua felt? He was leading a people that were mourning. He was leading them through the loss of Moses. The man that talked to God face to face. Joshua was leading a people through mourning the loss of Moses. Joshua was, was leading the people into their called mission in a moment. The mission over this church has not changed. And what God has called us to do has not changed. And the prophetic words and the utterances that God has put forth has not changed. We're just in a moment. Joshua told the priest. Joshua got the word from the Lord. He told the priest, pick up the ark. Pick up the presence. Pick up the Ten Commandments. Pick up the word of God. And go to, the, go to it. Now, can you imagine? I mean, if I was one of those priests, they had to be human just like us. Sometimes we think those guys are superhuman. They're looking at the flood stage of the Jordan River. Come on now. They're holding the most holy thing that they could possibly hold. And Joshua tells them, put your feet in the water. I feel the Holy Ghost. Because I believe God is calling a people here. Put your feet in the water because there is a presence here that God wants to use there's a, something in this church that God wants to bring forth I just feel it in my heart Joshua telling the priest put your feet in the water they put their feet in the water all of a sudden now the people are watching 
I don't know about you, but there's been times I've been sitting on the front row when God begins to do stuff and I go, God, if you don't do it, we're going to look stupid. <laughs> now, that's the truth. And then I get myself together and go, wait a minute. God is speaking. God is speaking. Joshua telling the priest to put your feet in the water. All of a sudden, the water began to push back on one side. It pushed back on the other side. And the mud became hard. The mud became hard. Horses had to cross. Chariots had to cross. Cattle had to cross. Sheep had to cross. And a people had to cross. They took the ark to the middle of the Jordan. Something significant about the middle. Something significant about the middle. In the middle of the Jordan, they stood I'd like to ask you today, how many times has God put you through a place and you had to stand? You had to stand for a dream. You had to stand for a promise. You had to stand for something. You might be going through hell, but you had to stand. The priest stood in the middle, and in the middle of every circumstance of our lives, God is there. And the children of Israel began to cross over hastily, hurriedly. They began to go. And in each time they had to pass the ark. They had to pass the presence of God. They had to pass the worship. They had to pass the word of God. They had to pass it. They got to the other side. And Joshua says to the 12, he picked 12 uh, people, 12 men from 12 tribes. Go down there, he said, and pick up some stones, a stone. And bring it to the other side. Go down and pick up a stone. Now this is the key. He said, and I'm going to pick up this stone right here. I think I can do it. Each tribe, 12 men, pick up a stone. His word says he put it on their shoulder. Now these are small stones compared to what those stones probably were. But they put it on their shoulder. And they walked across to the other side. Putting that, oh, Lord. Put that to the other side. Joshua, then Joshua, the word says, took 12 stones and he put it where the priest's feet were. Those stones are still there today. So they went from a moment to building a memorial. God turned this one moment, 12 stones. 12 tribes, 12 things of God with faithfulness, 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan. These stones represented that God was here. So why did he put 12 stones? Because he wanted to know what I read earlier, that the next generation would ask, why are these stones here? Why are these stones here? Why? These stones represent the next generation. These stones represent a sign when our children ask, what do these stones mean? Your children and grandchildren need to see your stones. 
I have children in this room. Well, I did. I don't know where Holly is. But I'll say it anyway. And they know their mom and dad real well. And when the enemy tried to put us in a corner, it wasn't going to happen. And if the enemy comes in like a flood and tries to destroy you, you have to know that the Lord is going to raise up a standard in your behalf. We knew if God was before us, no one could be against us. Don't put Bishop Tony Miller and Kathy Miller in a corner. Because I'm going to come out fighting. And I'm going to come out fighting with this word. And I'm going to come out fighting with this presence. And I'm going to come out fighting with a song. And I'm going to come out fighting. Because God has something bigger that we're fighting for. And it's for the next generation. You won't find this kind of stuff in a book. You won't find it anywhere else because it's your story. It's my story. It's your stone. Joshua said, take these stones. When you get to the other side, pile them up where you're going to stay tonight. So they took these stones, 12 of them. These 12 stones meant faithfulness. They put them where they stayed that night and they built a memorial. And then when your children come by, you tell them what God did there. You tell them what God is doing now. You tell them what God is doing in the future. Because we're building stones of remembrance. Each one of these stones, I'm going to try to pick me up another one. Can't do it. Let me try. I did. Yes. Work out. Listen to me. I'm landing the plane. And I hope you hear what God is saying. I'm praying you do today. This stone, I'm going to have to put it down, is something personal. The one who carries this stone today, you're carrying it for your family. The pastor can't do it for you. Your counselor can't do it for you. It's your story. It's what God has called you to do. It's your stone. You say, well, you know what? I don't have, I don't have a stone. Yes, you do. You got a song. If you don't have a, song, a stone of victory, you have a song. You pick up a song and you take it. Yes, you do. Number two, I'm going to try to pick up another one. All right, Cole, you didn't do a very good job here. It means perpetual. This stone stands for every generation that we carry on our shoulders as we remember God is the author of our story. May we never forget the weight of carrying the stone. Number three, it's practical. The stone speaks, the memorial speaks. It reminds us of the love of the Father. It reminds us of God's provision. It reminds us to always be thankful. It reminds us what we did before, what, what, what he did before, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. 
It reminds us. Number four, it reminds us, and it is, it isn't reminding us, it is the prophetic. Every stone has a story. Everything you've been through, every pain that you've been through, everything that you have been through is in this stone. And God's victory in your life is in this stone. Because the prophetic is here. What this church has been through, what your family's been through, I'm telling the story today of God's goodness. I'm telling the story today of God's favor. I'm telling the story today of God's faithfulness. I'm telling the story today of God's redeeming love. I put these stones up here, these small ones, for you to pick up for your family. It doesn't mean anything. It's not worth anything. But it's something that you can look at and see. It puts a memorial into your life. When I look back, and I'm just going to tell you something as I close. and We could... I don't know where the keyboard is. When I look back on the last 12 months of my personal life, and many of you in this congregation, not only have we walked through a difficult place in our congregation, but you personally have gone through some weathered storms. I don't know all those storms, but you do. I'm going to speak for me this morning. Because if you've been around me very long, I've always talked about the stones of remembrance. You see, we've gone through some stuff here as a, as a body that if I wouldn't have gone through 10 years before, I would have never believed that God would get us through. So I had to go back to those stones of remembrance, of faithfulness, that if he was with us then, he'll be with us again. I had to look back and know of his faithfulness in my life, in the life of Bishop and I. If you know me very well, I talk about the stones of remembrance so very well. Because it's in the stone is the story of his faithfulness and his goodness. Last year, this very week, we all know we said goodbye. I myself have not had the easiest year. But like I said to you before, on January 18th, God knew January 19th was coming. And as I walked out this journey all year long in in this church, I had to go back and find the stone. I I had to take my prayer time and I had to find the stone. In my morning, I found the stone. 
January 18th. What was coming on January 19th? I challenge you this morning. Whatever you've been through. Whatever God has brought you through. You say, well, I don't remember. This sermon is about you having the ability to remember again. Because God has brought you through some stuff. And you need to go back to those stones of remembrance and say, he was faithful to me then, he'll be faithful to me now. He was God then, and he'll be God now. You say, well, I, I, I don't know if I have a stone. I'm too young to have a stone. Well, that's what I said, then get a song. Maybe you've not been through nothing. I can't even believe you wouldn't be through nothing. I've been doing this for 43 years, and I gave my heart to the Lord, 45. And I can see the stones way before I was even married of his faithfulness when he washed, they took the word of God and washed my mind. And he sent me on a course that I can stand before you today and pick up a stone of his faithfulness in my life. He's faithful to this church. He's faithful. He knows exactly who needs to be sitting in here. We've been believing God last year. We've been believing God all year and into this year that the harvest is coming, that people are coming, and lives are going to be transformed and touched. We've been believing God that he was going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. We believe that there's fresh oil in the house. We believe that God is going to do something so supernatural that we can't even contain it. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what God wants to do. Because, because there was a death and because we've walked through mourning doesn't mean the mission is canceled. It doesn't mean the purpose is canceled. And as I sat on the front row this morning, I felt like we should break the spirit of mourning off of this house it's time to stand up as Joshua did at the brink of the Jordan River and say I'm willing to carry the ark I'm willing to put my toes in I'm willing whatever you've called us to do and on the other side we're going to build a great memorial to the things that God has done. Listen to me. God's already been faithful to this church. Listen, I'm going to be real with you. People have left. People have come. There's no church in the world that's not facing a post-COVID reaction. And I'm going to tell you this real quick because God gave me this revelation. Just as COVID hits our bodies and, and things happen in pre-existing conditions. I know I had COVID in December and many of you prayed for me. It's, it's not easy. But it just as much is in the church 
and has revealed pre-existing conditions. Now listen, it didn't happen in 2020 when COVID hit. It didn't even happen in 2021. It happened in 2019, 18, 17, 16. When we were so caught up in having the biggest screen and having and having smoke machines and having everything else that we weren't pursuing his presence. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. As the leader of this house, we will pursue his presence. I don't know what it's going to take. And I don't know what God is saying. But I told my staff last night, they said, we got to do this last week. And I said, I don't, I I understand structure. I get it. I get, I have to do this and have to do that. But I'm going to tell you something. And Cole will tell you, I look straight at him. I'm going to tell you something. If God speaks to us to have meetings every single night, that's what we're going to do. If God speaks to us to walk around this property seven times, that's what we're going to do. Because we are going to pursue his presence till God gives us the promises that he has given us. And we're going to pursue his presence even without his promises. His promises are just a gift. creative 
But I believe, I don't know how many stones we have up here, these big ones called. How many do we have, do you know? But I believe that they're supposed to be, if you're the head of a household today, 21 stones, and you say, I'm coming to the Jordan. I'm about, I'm, I'm going to the feet of where the ark was, and I'm getting me a stone, and I'm taking it to my place to build an altar. These big stones are open to you today. Who will say with me, we're going to walk this thing out. We're going to pursue his presence. Welcome to this platform and get your stone this morning. significant that has happened in this house this morning you know we make things complicated sometimes you know he did come in a manger something very simple <laughs> he did ride a donkey something very simple Sometimes we just want to make the move of God complicated. When God himself has gone among us. Something significant this morning is happening in our midst. Father, we thank you. I don't know. I just want to do a great shout of something, Ashley. Like I want us to come into a great shout of what God is getting ready to do. Because we're getting ready. We're, we're here. And I saw 21 stones go. And I saw stones leave from here, which means what? That we're on the brink of a miracle. You're on the brink of a miracle. You're on something that you've never known before. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what God wants to do in your place, in your house, in this city, in this church.
what God is doing right now today currently in your life and in the life of this church it's right now it's the God of the now it's the God of today it's the God of today you need peace he's gonna give you peace you need healing he's gonna bring healing you discouraged today he's gonna to give you courage that's what this stone, whatever he's doing in your life today is right now. So we have a God of the past because of what he's already done. And we got a God right now that's currently with us. Ha! And then we got a God that if he did all that, and he did all that in the past and in now, he'll truly do it again. shouts three shouts of what God has done we're doing the first shout the second shout is gonna be what God is doing now present moment in this place in your life in the life of this body of believers what he wants to do in Oklahoma City what he wants to do in Edmond what he wants to do wherever you are then we're third shout is gonna be what God is going to do if he said that before he'll do it again then he's gonna do it again whatever you're believing for he's gonna do it again whatever we're believing for is this body of believers he'll do it again so Ashley you gotta help me son I need the worship team to give me a shout I'm believing God the first shout you ready what God has done and we're going to shout of thankfulness today and his faithfulness in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord.
for right now. Whatever he's doing in your life right now, and you're believing for him, let's let this suck and shout. Be now current in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing. generations to come it's for what the generations are to come and the promises of God over your life and over my life and over the church's life and over this property's life and it's supposed to be what it's supposed to be listen to me there's a great shout coming out of this house. In fact, I feel from the Lord, you're going to find yourself at home shouting. You're going to find yourself out in your garden shouting. You're going to find yourself when you look at this stone, you're going to remember the God that was and his faithfulness, the God of today, and this is the day that he hath made, and you will rejoice in it, and God is calling something today. Listen. If he, I feel that I say this, if God did something in your life today, we need to know about it. We need to know about it. But it's by your testimony. Right at the church, tell us what God did today. Tell us what he's currently doing this week. Because I believe a big, so I don't know what it is, but I feel in my heart and I feel in my gut. You know how when you feel something in your gut? God's about to do something in your life. He's about to set this church on a path that we have never known before. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. We've only heard what we thought, but God is saying eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. The next generation to shout what God wants to do in your life, the promises that have been in your belly a long time. God wants us to shout about it. The promises that are over this congregation and over this church, God wants to shout about it. And listen to me, I'm 64 years old. My greatest desire is for these young people right here to know God. My grandbabies to know God because they are the future worship leaders. They are the future elders. And why would we be so selfish to think it's just about us? We've gotten our trophy. It's time they get their trophies. We will contend at the gate church for the next generation. We will contend for it. The enemy hates it. 
He will do anything to destroy the next generation of the church. If you don't believe that, watch TV. I hate the TV. They prophesy so many things into existence that goes back from according to God's word. I'm not gonna go there, it's a rabbit trail, we're already late. We're getting ready for this sixth, this third shout. <laughs> the next generation, Lord. The next generation, Lord. The promises that you have over people's lives in this church today and the promises you have over this house. The promises you have. So, Father, there he is. I'm like, come on, Ashley. Ready? In the name of Jesus Christ, we shout. Hey! Hey! This should be the greatest shout that we've ever shouted. It's for the future. Hey! It's the God of the future. Hey! stand in his presence this morning because I believe something has happened <laughs> thank you Lord I want you next Sunday 
to come into this house like my little granddaughters did was the Santa tracker believing that God is going to be here I want you to saturate this 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 uh, this auditorium with his with your prayers before service I want you to come into this house ready to give God all the praise and glory and expectation for mighty things to happen it's time we change the atmosphere it's time we take over the atmosphere Be looking. For some change. Because God is calling us for something different. I don't know what all that looks like, but I know one thing. It's about his presence. <laughs> it's about his presence. It's about his presence. So be ready for change. Be ready when God says, I want you to gather together on a Wednesday night. No cameras, just worshiping, praying. If God tells us meet in the parking lot, then we're going to meet in the parking lot. If God tells us to march around this property, then we're going to march around the property. Whatever God says. And you take that to your own home. Whatever God's saying in your house. If you're supposed to anoint, if you've been having trouble at your house, you need to get the cooking oil out. You need to take every exit and every entry over your house and you need to anoint it for God. You need to stop that riffraff in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're having trouble with your children, you need to take a little bit of oil and you need to put it on their pillowcases at night. And you need to call those things that are in them out. And that this is going to stop in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. When my kids were young and even now, I had cooking oil all over that house. They never knew the cooking oil was in their bed. They never knew the cooking oil was on their, on their pillowcase. They didn't know that it was over their door jam. Oh, but mama knew. Mama knew. And whatever you're believing God for today, maybe it's your children, maybe it's a healing, maybe it's some kind of other riffraff that's going on your house, maybe it's bad, bad dreams, maybe whatever it is, whatever you're going through, take it to the cross and take it to him he wants to heal you today he wants to give you courage today he wants to turn your life around and I believe something significant happened in this atmosphere and God is about to do great things <laughs> he's about to do great things in our midst hallelujah I, it's hard. I, I got to wind down. I know the chicken's getting cold at the buffet. But I can't help but read this verse. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift 
up his countenance upon you today and give you peace. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for today, Lord. We give you all praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. We can't wait to see you again next week. And be on the lookout because God is getting... Gay Church family, I hope you have been shouting right where you are because God just spoke through Pastor Kathy. You know, this past year has been a really difficult year for our Gate Church family, and maybe it's been difficult for you personally. But just like she declared, we believe that the Lord is turning our mourning into dancing. And I want to encourage you today, right where you're at, go outside and find a stone and use that stone as a stone of remembrance. Anytime that you're tempted to doubt God or forget his faithfulness, I want you to look at that stone and just like she said, make a memorial. And anytime you look at that memorial, you're going to remember that God is faithful time and time again. There's some powerful things happening at the Gate Church, and we want you to stay connected. And one of those ways to stay connected is a connection group. And if you, maybe you're not comfortable coming in person yet, or maybe you live in a different state, you're not near the Gate Church, there is a connection group that Matt and Janice Bennett have every Wednesday at 7 p.m. They're gonna put that link in the chat. We want you to stay connected with us because you're not only supposed to stay connected physically, we wanna stay connected spiritually. And if you can't do that physically, the best way to do it is online. And so stay connected through that connection group. And remember, next Sunday is Family Day at the Gate Church. Make sure you join in. We love you and we pray that you have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Bye.